2: and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni, and today I'm thrilled to be talking with Barbara Fortier. She's the CEO of the Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts As the Chief Executive Officer, Barbara has been dedicated to championing female leadership development to the youth and adult members of the Girl Scouts. The Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts serves nearly 20,000 girls, and it's the largest girl-serving organization in Massachusetts. Good morning, Barbara. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Kendra. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, I was never quite a girl scout i never made it up to that level but i was a brownie i was in troop 716 and i never forgot it i still have my sash with all my badges on it i'm so proud (laughs) well you know what you are you were a girl scout girl scouting is um
3: made up of a number of age related groups daisies brownies cadets juniors seniors ambassadors So you can start telling everyone you know that you, in fact, were a Girl
2: Scout. Oh, see, I thought I needed to have the green-colored sash to officially go step up to the Girl Scout. Oh,
3: well, no, that just made my day. We start our daisies, the little ones, in blue, and then we go up to brown for brownies. Get it? Brown for brownies. Oh,
2: my God! And then
3: so on and so forth. So you are an official Girl Scout.
2: I'll take it. I will take it. Well, Barbara, you've been working with the organization for well over 20 years. Why is this organization so important to you, and how did you get started here?
3: Well, let me start with that. I had an opportunity. I worked in the for-profit sector for 25 years in information technology, and I had an opportunity to leave and take a little time off and consider my options. And somebody reached out to me, a friend, and said, Boy, you should you should uh, join the board of the Girl Scouts. At the time, it was Patriots Trail Girl Scouts. And I did that. And since I wasn't working, I was able to do some pro bono work for them. And one day the executive director said, you ought to work here. And I went home and chatted about that and thought that would be a really fun thing to do. Now, I I never imagined it would turn into a second full career for me, but I love our mission. I love what we do to support and nurture girls in their experience, in their life experience, and also that we have a massive core of volunteers who help us do that. So it's very easy uh, when I look back and when somebody says, you've been here for more than 20 years, it's hard to believe, but it has been just (laughs) so fulfilling, and I couldn't imagine doing anything else.
2: You know, we've seen a lot of organizations kind of fizzle out or lose their magic after a certain amount of time, but the Girl Scouts have lasted for 109 years. Why do you think they've been able to stay relevant and desirable for so many young women? Well, I think uh,
3: there's a couple of things. Um, We are definitely a girl-centric organization, so girls can have safe spaces as they explore and develop their personality, their likes, dislikes. Uh, and and really start to focus on what they want to do in the course of their life. So it's a safe space. It's a girl-led space that's very important. I don't think people fully appreciate that. We offer a lot of programming for our Girl Scouts to retain them, but when it comes down to making plans and developing the things that they like to focus on, we are very much girl-led. So girls make decisions about what the girls want to do.
2: How did the last year and a half affect enrollment? I I always wondered that because, I mean, everybody looks forward to, you know, Girl Scout cookie season, of course, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. But I was wondering if it, you know, with the lockdowns and with restrictions, with everything that had been happening to so many other organizations and businesses, how did that affect enrollment for the Girl Scouts? And how can young girls sign up now if they're listening now?
3: Well, it
2: it did impact
3: us. We had a pretty dramatic decrease in membership. But, you know, honestly, families were trying to figure out homeschooling and a lot of other issues, their own schedules. Um, So we were able to, uh, we predicted a certain level of decrease, and we actually exceeded that a little, so that gave us some optimism. This year, out of the gate, our membership has been very strong. I think it's, it's, it's about people feeling like, we're not certainly not in a normal space pre-COVID, but we're in a better space, right. and that they're looking for opportunities to re-engage their girls. You know, the family unit is very significant in terms of determining uh, whether girls become part of the organization. So we do a lot of work, and we've done a whole lot of work nurturing and supporting and um, soliciting uh, family support, and that's probably the biggest uh, the biggest impact.
2: You know, we talk a lot on our morning show, and for me as a mom to three kids, I try to talk to my kids a lot about the importance of just basic life skills, you know, with everybody's heads in their phones these days. The basic life skills are so important, learning how to build and create things. That's basically the Girl Scout leadership experience. Can you talk a little bit more about why those skill sets are so important, like community experience, financial literacy, and healthy relationships?
3: Oh, sure. Uh, we know that, the you know, and,
2: and our programs
3: have changed over the years to address um, certain concerns. Like, for instance, we have new badges focused on entrepreneurship, math and nature, and digital leadership because that's the space and that's the landscape that girls are operating on now. So our programming over the years has been tuned and tweaked to address sort of the social phenomenon that's going on. But those skills, we often talk to women who were Girl Scouts, and one of the first things that they say um, once they tell us that they loved camp, because everyone loves to camp, is that all (laughs) of the skills that were nurtured, leadership skills, financial skills, social skills, um, positioned them for the success that they experience today, not only in their uh, careers but also in their lives. And it's really important to hear that because... That's what, you know, we strive to do every day is make a difference and really let girls fulfill their highest potential.
2: I was reading online that you have 28 new badges. And I like that you you guys say online that a lot of them address parents' concerns, you know, when it comes to learning and using safe practices online, like we mentioned before, you know. My kids are always looking at their phone. They're always looking online. They're exposed to a lot more, a lot faster. Um, so is there one specific badge that you find the most important for these girls to, to learn and to achieve? Well, in the, in, in, particularly in the
3: digital leadership space, it's really the badges that focus on Internet safety. Um, and that's what parents yeah. appreciate about our programming is that we look at it. You know, technology, uh, you know, I, uh, I have nieces and nephews who are far more proficient In the technology space than I ever will be. Oh, same here. Trying (laughs) to you know teach and coach them. They already know that, but it's really about how to balance their time on and offline, and how to deal with issues like uh, misinformation or clickbait or biases Mm -hmm. in advertising. So we take a look. We have a research institute at our uh, national headquarters, and they look at how people use technology, how they connect, and try to establish. Uh, internet safety practices that are going to uh, protect the girls and also educate them on the dangers of being online. So, th- you know, these, most of these badges are forward-thinking in terms of that we're trying to design them, uh, you know, working in collaboration with our national organization to support and motivate girls, but also build a, um, a, br- or build a barrier so mm-hmm. that they understand uh, the gravity that... Can, the gravity and issues that can pop up in the digital world.
2: That's what I love about the Girl Scouts. I mean, it's it's this amazing place where these young women, young girls can come in. They start to learn things, but then the follow-up is so strong for when they become adults and when they go on into life. Like everything that you're talking about right now are things that I feel like I need a refresher on. I mean, I would like to do it as a, you know, a 39-year-old grown woman, I I could still apply all of these skills and these learning experiences that you provide at the Girl Scouts. Still today, so that's just one of the things that I, I love about this organization. And I noticed that you have a Girl Scouts Gold Award. I never even knew that existed where you recognize you know, young women or those who are making a big difference in their community. Can you talk a little bit more about the Girl Scouts Gold Award and what it means for the people that receive it?
3: Yeah, the Girl Scouts Gold Award is the pinnacle of achievement in Girl Scouting. So that's a girl who largely has had a uh, for, throughout their school experience, they've had a connection to Girl Scouts, and the what differentiates. Because I get asked this question all the time. Well, you know, how does the Girl's Gold Award match up to the Boy Scout Eagle Award? And actually, it's much more challenging. I have both Eagle Scouts and um, and Gold Award Girl Scouts in my family. And it's much more challenging. Typically, a girl spends from 80 to 140 hours working on her Gold Award project. Wow. And those projects have societal impact. They have environmental impact. Um, Our girls come up with the most amazing projects. And I'm so humbled when I hear about a girl and her Gold Award project because at that age, honestly, I, I was not thinking about solving world peace or taking care of cleaning up the oceans. So the projects are massive in scope, and they get a lot of support from an advisor, people in the community, uh, their families, to get from the point where they generate the idea to actually accomplish it. And the other aspect about the Gold Award projects is they must be sustainable. So a girl mm-hmm. not only has to figure out how to get to the conclusion of her research and her presentation of her project goals, but she also has to figure out how can it be sustained beyond her involvement. So it's really quite comprehensive. And the Gold Award, um, they get uh, Gold Awardees get recognized from all branches of the military, branches of government, both local and national. And they often, sometimes when they apply for college, not sometimes, a lot of times, colleges will look for girls who have that designation. And that gives them an extra step up, perhaps some other applicants.
2: That's just fabulous. If you're just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni, and today we've been talking with Barbara Fortier. She's the CEO of the Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts, and we've been talking with her about the incredible work that the Girl Scouts have done for over 100 years. In fact, the Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts is the largest girl-serving organization right here in Massachusetts. It's the 10th largest council in the country, and Barbara has been instrumental in building confidence in these young women every single day. Let's get back to our conversation. Well, we couldn't spend 20 minutes talking with the CEO of the Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts without talking about the cookies. The annual Girl Scout cookie sale is happening. Barbara, what is it about these cookies? And were, the, were cookies always a staple of for the organization? I mean, everyone I know knows who in their life is selling them. We know what our go-to favorite cookie is, and we know when they're coming. Have it, has it always been this way with the Girl Scout cookies? Well, actually, um, the cookies have
3: always been a part of Girl Scouts, but in the very beginning, a hundred and maybe five years ago, um, the girls baked the cookies, and then it was more oh like a bake sale. Wow.
1: And it, it
3: evolved, they it became more popular. Um, at one time, there were several bakers in the United States that produced girl scout cookies now there are two bakers in the united states and they each offer a slightly different um they offer some of the same cookies like both bakers have thin mints and both have caramel delights but they call them different things Mm -hmm. so now it's i know for eastern massachusetts we sell gross nearly 12 million dollars of cookies
2: wow 12 million
3: wow and the And the thing about it is they're only available for three months right well that's that's um, so the excitement a demand it, right yeah, and they're sold by girls. How can you refuse to purchase cookies from a girl? um so the program definitely um it's it's obviously one of the things that we're known for, and it is the consummate opportunity for girls to explore their and develop skills so they From a communication standpoint, from a money management standpoint, from building just general business skills, marketing skills, there's a whole lot of education and knowledge that girls pick up and enhance their skills by participating in the Girl Scout program.
2: So talk about the cookie sale, if you can. I know that it's, it's just starting now. How can people get their hands on some of these delicious, I know, I'll be buying about, you know, 50 boxes. And my husband laughs, laughs at me every time. He's like, we really don't need seven boxes of Thin Mints to go in the freezer. I'm like, but we do. We do.
3: <laughs> well, A, hey, thank you for your support. So um, we actually started our online sale just before Thanksgiving. Uh, And if anyone is interested, you can go to our website and use our cookie connector to access um, and place your order. And this year, I'm very happy to report that girls are going to do more in-person selling this upcoming year. It was limited last year because we obviously were in the throes of COVID and the vaccine hadn't quite been as widely distributed. But this year, we expect that we'll be back to, you know, close to normal. So... uh, Girls in different communities will set up booth sales. They'll be at a supermarket or, or a, a store or other locations that allow girls to sell cookies. So you can always be on the lookout. And we do on our website list um, where tr- specific troops may be selling in specific towns. And, and then the girls obviously this year will have an opportunity to go door-to-door, um, mostly confined to their neighborhoods, but they can take their order cards door-to-door. And the other aspect of the online sale is girls can create their own online selling sites, um, all governed and obviously with uh, Internet safety in mind. But they can do that. And then the option, the purchaser at that point has the option to have a girl deliver the cookies if they're local geographically or have the cookies shipped if they're, you know, for instance, if they have family in Ohio, it would be hard to deliver them. So they would opt for having the cookies delivered.
2: Oh, that's awesome. And there's a new cookie this year I saw. It's called the Adventurefuls cookie. Oh, my gosh. Is it, it is good? Fabulous. Oh, fabulous. great. Well, it's that'll an, be it's... another seven boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Tell it's, us about uh, that if you can. As the description goes, an indulgent
3: brownie-inspired cookie with caramel-flavored cream on top and a hint of sea salt.
2: Okay. Well, there'll and be a shame... box of those coming to my yeah, house.
3: Yeah. <laughs> shamefully, I, I will share that I've probably eaten the equivalent of a couple of packages of those. Uh, But it's a really great cookie. And that happens every three years or so. A new cookie is introduced and another cookie is retired. Uh, That's typical. Those decisions aren't necessarily made at our local level. It's between GSUSA, our parent organization, and the two bakers.
2: Barbara, let's talk about your staff for a second. How special are the people that you get to work with every day? And can you highlight some of the amazing efforts that volunteers put in, you know, that make this organization so successful?
3: Well, that's a great question. We have on GSEMA staff, we have 80 people. We have, as you mentioned, over 20,000 girls and 10,000 volunteers. We could not offer and maintain the business of sharing the Girl Scout experience with girls if it weren't for our volunteer corps. They are the heart and soul. And they do this, you know, there's a volunteer position, not a paid position, um, and they do this pretty much through the school year. Girl Scouting is pretty active from September once school starts and wraps up May, June for most troops and most volunteers because, quite frankly, uh, in the summer we have a – just under 7,000 of our registered Girl Scouts come to one of our camps.
2: And how can people donate if they want to? And do you need volunteers? How can we continue to support the Girl Scouts of eastern Massachusetts?
3: Yeah, that's another great question. Our website is really robust and contains lots of information. There are buttons for donate. And when you hit our donate page, there are many ways you can connect to the organization. Um, So hopefully you would find one of those ways. Uh, or one of the causes I should say and and helpful and same thing you can express your interest to volunteer through our website and then there would be follow up from our from our staff and I forgot to give our staff a plug they are amazing Our staff are completely dedicated to the mission of Girl Scouting, and it doesn't matter what department they're in. All of our staff understand and appreciate that every single thing that they do to add value to the Girl Scout experience is going to be passed on directly to, to girls.
2: Barbara, I know that you've worked with and experienced many success stories of young women who've benefited from being a Girl Scout. Are there any moments that stand out for you?
3: Very early in my career at Girl Scouts, I had the opportunity to uh, attend and participate in a gold award ceremony for four girls in Medford who were challenged in many ways. And as as a matter of fact, they were a little bit older than our normal usually most of our gold awardees are in that 16 to 18 age range. So these girls were a little older because it took them a little longer to get through school. Um, and they had learning difficulties, some of them had emotional difficulties. And so I um, I got the call, I was going to be the representative at that event, and it started snowing that day. And I, I thought, oh gosh, that's unfortunate, maybe there won't be many people that will show up for the ceremony. So I so I got there, I couldn't find any parking and I thought, well that's weird. So I finally found a parking space and I went in. The building was standing room only. Oh wow. For the award ceremony for these four girls. And up to that point I had done a couple of ceremonies and you know, it's obviously it's a huge achievement and I'm always humbled because I always again think back to I, I never actually was a Girl Scout, so never had the opportunity and certainly wasn't as connected and and, and doing these amazing things at that age. So when it came time for the ceremony, there were, like, everybody in the room. There were selectmen there. There were people from the uh, fire department. There was a project that involved the fire department. And all of their sponsors and families and everything like that. And it was so emotional and so moving. And it was that night, another woman at Girl Scouts told me, when I described my feeling of attending that event, finally get Girl Scouts. <laughs> wow. Uh, but, you know, every Gold Award ceremony that we go to, uh, and we, are, we have the benefit and, and honor of representing um, the organization. is just, it brings it all together. It, 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 it certainly offsets, you know, the long days and long nights you might have working, um, but it's just really, it's the pinnacle, and there's an immense sense of pride when girls are able to, achieve that level of
2: success. Well, and you're a big part of that. I mean, you and all of the staff and all of the volunteers that that work alongside you, I mean, you are a part of making these moments and, and these girls' lives so beneficial and so important. And I I can't say thank you enough for, for the work that you do because I think that's it. I mean, we asked the question in the beginning of the interview, What? why have the Girl Scouts lasted throughout all this time? I mean, there have been so many organizations that – that don't make it, they don't last, or they lose their, their spirit, they lose their connection to the community. And the Girl Scouts are just thriving. And I love it. And I know that it's in part because of you, Barbara. Um, You know, we only have a few minutes left. I, I just wanted to ask, what is your hope for the future of the Girl Scouts? You know, is there anything that you guys haven't yet accomplished that you hope to in the near future?
3: Well, I think um, one of the things that we have our sights set on is we want to make sure that Girl Scouting is available to any girl that would like to become a Girl Scout and partake in the leadership experience. Um, So, you know, we're always looking at ways to encourage, you know, we do a lot of work in some underserved communities that we've identified to bring, you know, the program closer uh, to where the girls are, so that's really our challenge. Our, you know, obviously the uh dynamic uh, is changing. You know, many years ago Girl Scouts was perceived to be a white, you know, white mm-hmm. girl organization and we've moved the needle really far on that, but we have a lot uh, you know, a long way to go. So it would be my hope that over the next few years we're able to really put a stake on the ground and really establish ourselves in areas that typically uh, you know, where Girl Scouts may not resonate as much as it does in others. But every girl who would like the experience, uh, you know, we try to break, we try to take away financial barriers, Um, we try mm -hmm. to take away social barriers, and we really just try to extend ourselves um, to the girls that would like, like the experience.
2: Well, I have no doubt that you will accomplish that. You've done so much work, Barbara. I cannot thank you enough for spending some time with us this morning on Exceptional Women. I mean, you truly define what it means to be exceptional. You have have given um, a significant amount of time of your life to this organization and I can't thank you enough for what you're doing and I I love the Girl Scouts. I will be buying boxes and boxes of cookies <laughs> believe me. Uh, the website for all of our listeners in case they want to donate or if they're interested in getting involved with the Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts it's gsema.org gsema.org We'll put a link up on our website as well on magic1067.com Barbara, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We really appreciate it.
3: And Kendra, thank you so much for allowing me to um, to spotlight our amazing organization. And thank you for all your support.
2: Thank you to Barbara Fortier, the CEO of Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts, for being in the spotlight today on Exceptional Women. We talk with celebrities and CEOs, but we're also interested in talking with your neighbors, coworkers, and friends who are quietly making an impact in their communities. Go to magic1067.com and email us if you know someone you'd like to recommend to be featured on our show. And you can follow us on Instagram at sue.tab and at kendra the entertainer. We'd love to hear from you, and be sure to join us every Sunday morning for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone.